Welcome to Light Trees and News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Meredith. Hello, everybody. How's it going? Uh, it's not bad. Um, definitely enjoyed my Halloween, although I did not dress up. I just observed people looking like idiots in the West Village <laughs> last night. I fully support everybody who dresses up in costume. You are beautiful little snowflakes, and I see you. However, I stayed in last night. Mm-hmm. And I was just vicariously living through the horrified tweets I was seeing from people walking through the East Village. Yeah, the problem isn't necessarily the costumes or that people want to have fun. It's the fact that the entirety of downtown Manhattan turns into this hellscape of <laughs> drunk assholes just shouting. Don't you feel like you're preparing for the apocalypse, though? I, I mean, I definitely could think of it that way but i really wish i could get more practice punching dudes <laughs> in the face through that yeah i mean i recommend mma as always yep. it's a like safe legal way to punch guys in the face mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they sign up to let you do that so that's cool i know i should really get into that more <laughs> Uh, also, I feel like I'm fully ready for the apocalypse. I'm like, oh. let's fucking do this. I am 100% ready. Actually, I'm 70% ready because I still have glasses and contact <laughs> lenses. So until I get LASIK. Of. I need to get uh, LASIK yeah. before I'm fully ready for the apocalypse. It's ever since I read, there's like one minor throwaway line about a character who had glasses but now can't see in the, in the novel Station Eleven. Mm-hmm. And I think about it all the time. Station Eleven... Correct me if I'm wrong, also has a horrifying scene of a girl who is looking for medication. Yeah. And she's like mentally ill and she can't find it. And the last time any of the characters see her is when she wanders into the woods. Oh, yeah. No, it is some, there is some deeply disturbing shit that happens. All right. In that maybe book. I'm not fully ready. <laughs> I'm like 80% ready. I just, I'll, I also need to get LASIK because I am almost legally blind without mm-hmm. my glasses. Yeah. I'm definitely, having gotten my eyes checked recently, still quite blind. And, um, it's funny because I, I end up swinging back and forth between thinking about how badly I need to figure out the sight stuff before the apocalypse and being afraid of LASIK because of the final destination five death scene where the girl, <laughs> Uh, has a LASIK mishap. I feel like I've spared myself so much mental anguish by never having seen the Final Destination series. Yeah, as a real, you know, like so many things that uh, exist in the world that are trash, Mm -hmm. uh, I am a huge fan of the Final Destination film. Sure. uh, And could give you the, uh, like, specifically a ranking of all, like, five of them uh, in order. You want to do it right now? Uh, three, one, two, four, five. Wow. I don't know what that means, but hashtag light treason pod. If you have thoughts on that. So yeah. Sounded good to me. Yeah. Final Destination three is legitimately a stone cold classic. I saw it, uh, with a bunch of friends when it was in the movie, like at a dollar movie theater, mm-hmm. they did a Tuesdays where you could get a dollar oh, popcorn, dollar soda, dollar, dollar movies. Movie theaters? And we just, I mean... There was a lot of brain splatter in it, but it also has the world's <laughs> greatest interaction with a nail gun and quite an indictment of working conditions at Home Depot. Interesting. Better than the nail gun narrative in The Wire? Uh, well, yes, absolutely. It is, okay. it is better than a David Simon teleplay. Wow. Wow. Harsh words. Yeah. Uh, Great. So this kind of segues into I wanted to get uh, any new recce recs from you. Ooh. Well, I yes. know you had fun once you waded through the uh, mm-hmm. apocalypse in the West Village. You saw a movie and that yep. seemed to be a good time. I did. I saw the 1959 uh, B-movie camp classic The Tingler starring Vincent Price. Um the premise of which is that he's a pathologist and he realizes and as he's doing research into fear that we our fear response actually comes from a creature, a parasitic creature that lives on our spinal cord. And that's what makes you, you know, get the tingly feeling on your spine before what? you get frightened. What? It's that um, little fucker? Yeah. So it's uh, the tingler. Um, wow, that's and, a cool idea. Yeah, it actually is. Uh, it was so fucking funny. Um, and then just just amazing 
and I, I had such a blast. And they did, a, it's also the first film to feature an acid trip on screen. Like so, a realistic acid trip? <laughs> no, of course not. Cool. Cool, but cool, cool. they do have like lots of color, uh, you know, sort of like psychedelic colors that mm. overlay on the screen. And, you know, Vincent Price is freaking out. Sure. And um, <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Like I would yeah. pay money to see Vincent Price freak out on an acid trip. Yeah. For um, sure. Well, also, I mean, I... I would love to bring up the my fuck Mary kill oh. that I f- was inspired by because I've been watching a lot of Hammer horror. So okay, so just explain yeah. who your trio was that you're okay, trying yeah. to yeah. Uh, the fuck Mary kill was Vincent Price, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing. And my response was, uh oh, somebody accidentally played fuck fuck fuck, <laughs> <laughs> which is one hundred percent true. It's true, but those are the best fuck Mary kills. Yeah, I feel absolutely when you really, it's like a struggle to pick. Mm-hmm. Almost at a Sophie's choice, and then I didn't because I'm a classy woman, and this yeah. is a classy show. Yeah, and uh, there's just something kind of upsetting about imagining Peter Cushing and uh, Grand Moff Tarkin in Sophie's choice because basically he's. A space yeah. Nazi in Star Wars. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. yeah, I see. I see what I accidentally did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's thematically appropriate, but also in poor taste. In poor taste. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. Th- mm-hmm. I want that on my headstone. Thematically um, correct, but in poor taste. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I definitely want to recommend is a 1980s book written by John Waters called Crackpot. Okay. It's just him talking about shit he loves. No, <laughs> Great. It's- That's how you know you are a true, like cultural iconoclast you know when you a publisher sat down with him and was just like you just want to like list shit you like yeah no he talks about like eating diner hash browns in LA what and I want to read it oh yeah that's the thing that's how cool he is if any of you other fuckers try to write about hash browns and have me read it I will not I refuse yeah I refuse in advance Mm -hmm. but John Water yes yes of course yeah uh oh and also new Carly Rae Jepsen single Oh, okay. And so, it's about jacking it. So, uh, is this going to make up yeah. for, and I'm sorry, this is my hot take, uh, of the gross disappointment that is the new Robin? I, album. I was much more pleased with, uh, with Party for One than, uh, with most of the stuff from with everything but missing you. I'm convinced record. everyone's lying. Who's like, it is transformative. It's so good. I'm like, stop it. I know we all love her. Mm-hmm. I still love her. This album was not good. I I am just not whether I'm trying to to say it doesn't. I think it doesn't matter if it's good or not. Okay. It didn't give me emotional yes. I felt relief nothing. and, and catharsis. Which the whole was, time I was yeah. bored. I here's something I've never said. I listen to Robin for the ambient music. <laughs> no bangers. No. Zero. No bangers. Which sort of answers the great mystery, which I was so confused why clubs were playing honey. Yeah, because honey's about not a banger. No. You can't fucking dance to honey. Mm-mm. Then I listened to the album and I was like, oh my God, comparatively, honey is a banger. Uh missing you was good. Yeah. You know. Um, I'm sorry. I don't like it. I love her. I don't like it. So Carly Rae Jepsen, do you think will she make Carly up? Carly Rae Jepsen will save us. Okay, great. Yeah. Great. Because I, I feel a void right now because mm-hmm. I really thought Robin was going to yeah. step now, up. Let us remember that, you know, even when Carly Rae Jepsen sort of makes a slow song, it's always, uh, it's still good pretty hook. damn good. Yeah. That's all I want. A good hook. Doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a full banger, but come on. Yeah. So no, I mean it's a Carly Rae Jepsen song, and it's specifically about masturbation. So, subject matter, uh, an artist agreement, very solid. Right on. Yeah. So I watched a couple horror movies based on Charles Rockhill's recommendation. Ooh, tell me more. Because we were talking a lot about the Haunting of Hill House, mm-hmm. and that director has done a lot of horror films. Some of which... Oh, I he's I really like Mike Flanagan. I like his Mike stuff. Flanagan's great. And uh, there's a couple projects he's done that feature some of the cast of mm-hmm. The Haunting of Hill House. Awesome. I well, his, will say... his wife co-wrote Hush. Yes. Yeah. And she's uh, Theo. The star, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I will say, um, just put the fact that you have seen them in The Haunting of Hill House out of your head. They're not those characters. Some of no, them play are not. very, very bad people. <laughs> and they do very, very bad things. So the first one I saw was Gerald's Game. Yep. Which is great. And it is very much like a psychological thriller. Um, huge trigger warnings for graphic violence. Uh, uh, 
not rape, but mm -hmm. almost rape yeah. scenes. Certain, certainly sexualized terror. Great. Yes, thank you for that description. Sexualized terror, uh, great performances. Um, I loved it. I thought it was really good. I, The twist at the end at first, I was like, did we need this extra twist? But then I was like, I understand why it was mm -hmm. there. Yeah. I understand. Also, never forget, it was a Stephen King property. So the sure. idea that you couldn't have some sort of twist was... Sure. Know. But I, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I get why that was there. Yeah. Uh, and then Oculus. I also enjoyed Oculus. I mean, I'm always a sucker for a weird haunted thing movie that, you know, you want to make it mm -hmm. interesting. So haunted mirror yeah did, and did. i thought it, it felt fresh because of the the very clever trick of so i don't think this is a spoiler but basically there's a haunted mirror mm -hmm. and part of what the haunted mirror does is it fucks with your reality yeah. so you'll think things are happening that are not happening you lose track of time yep. and what i thought was so clever about this movie was how the characters try to keep that anchor mm -hmm. of, of how to keep track of time yeah they have to sort of become like scientists. Mm -hmm. And that was very cool. That felt like it set it apart from other haunted object yeah. movies. It, it did seem like they were grounded just enough in trying to hold on to reality and then yes. working on that. And I thought that that meant that they played with some, like when it weird shit did start happening, like I was genuinely not sure what was real and right. what wasn't when I also, was watching it. Also, then it's just a basic improv rule, guys. Keep that base reality, baby. Five of you are so happy right now. <laughs> to all my straight men out there, there. Yeah, you gotta you maintain the base reality so those pops actually pop when yeah. the weird shit's happening. <laughs> I want to see a bunch of egg timers going off because they don't know what fucking time it is. <laughs> you know, like that. It makes it extra scary to me. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that was great. I finally finished or finished quote unquote because it's still on the air. I think Shit's Creek. Mm -hmm. I'm done with season four. Ugh. Do you know what happened today? I have been watching it for so long that I have to do a bunch of bullshit clearing my hard drive and like, yeah. you know, like nonsense work. Mm -hmm. And whenever I have to do that, I like put on something mindless and I was like, oh, I'll watch Shit's Creek. And then I realized I didn't have any more to watch. And oh, I got I hate so sad. I was like, oh, I miss them. I miss those characters in that world. But also it's a good show. That's how you know yeah. it's good. Um, oh, can I do one more just because it's the strangest movie that I saw this yeah, week and also is essentially an anti-rec? Oh, yes. Great. Um, I love anti-recs. 1977 movie called Demon Seed. It's on Filmstruck. So, of course, I thought, oh, this sounds interesting. Julie Christie, uh, evil AI. Mm -hmm. All of this sounds fascinating. And then the self-aware AI um, rapes her and impregnates her. Oh, boy. Uh, because he wants to, like, he wants to, the AI wants to live in the world and have a body. Sure. He needs a child. So, I mean, that's basically why it's an anti-rec. Okay. Because um, you're, you're watching a computer, like, you're watching robots rape somebody. Sure. I mean, if you want to see a PG-13 version of an alien inhabiting someone's body without their consent, go see Venom. <laughs> yeah. That's actually would be much, much better. It's because, actually very wow. watchable because it's happening to a dude. Sorry, but that's just true. Mm -hmm. uh, and also he's a douchebag and has done a bunch of terrible stuff. And it's sort of like, okay, maybe Eddie had this coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I just was like, oh, I, I knew it was supposed to be stupid, but I thought it was going to be like one of the weirder Cronenberg like body horror films. And instead I got like straight up gratuitous nudity no. and no, no, like no, no. schlocky uh you know schlocky just cheese and it was it was offensive yeah i get weirded out when directors wallow on rape scenes but, oh yeah you know you can tell the difference between this is like a critical plot point that we're just gonna get through mm -hmm. and this dude's lingering oh you mean like a lingering shot that runs up the length of the actress's body as yes. a robot arm snips her clothes up yep. the middle that yeah. male gaze shit yep nope. yeah no, and i'm just like you. i don't know man like do you really need to like show the robot slowly prying her legs apart i nope. really don't think you do you sure don't male gaze yeah i like people who think like a camera lens is just objective truth yeah and not the director making conscious choices the entire time about <laughs> how they portray things you can make that camera do anything you mm -hmm. don't have to make it trace up that rape victim's body slowly you don't yeah. have to do that you know so 
uh, before we move on to the bad news section, anything else you've been watching or listening to or reading right now that you want to recommend or stuff you're looking forward to? Um, well, I'm going to see Suspiria tonight. Do tell me how that is. I will. So I'm very excited. I've heard some mixed things, but yes, I'm still psyched too. for it because obviously I love Tilda Swinton and Luca Guadagnino. Um, yeah, I, that's why so, I'm yeah. curious because it's not one of those things that everybody's raving about or everybody mm -hmm. is saying sucks. It's very mixed. Yeah. But I feel like it's still very much up my alley, which I'm excited for. Yeah. Um, I've also, I read a book called The Hunger, mm -hmm. uh, which is a supernatural take on the Donner party. Ooh. Extremely fun. That sounds like extremely my shit. And I just read another one. Um, can you tell that I'm not going to like let the month of thanksgiving ruin my horror oh uh, my god no I, I, truly until christmas yeah. i will keep it going full throttle um but there's yeah i just started a book called uh we eat our own which is um sort of like it's i just started it but it follows the production of a movie in the amazon that's essentially like a fictionalized version of the 1970s Italian movie Cannibal Holocaust. Okay, sure. Which became notorious because allegedly they were killing real people, yes. but they didn't. They killed a bunch of animals for real, but they didn't actually kill any humans. Sure. But something tells me some actual humans are going to die in this one. Hell yeah. I mean, that's horrible, and I'm not excited about it. Um, so... Was I going to ask you? Oh, my God. I completely forgot. I think I had another recommendation. Oh, my God. No. I had the dumbest thing imaginable that I wanted Ooh. to talk with you about. Did you read the interview between Harry Styles and Timothy Chalamet? Oh, my God. Of course I did. And Holy I was thinking about it. fucking crap. And could not wait to talk to you about it. Oh, my God. So I don't even know where to begin. Like, Harry Styles several times throughout the interview is completely sexually inappropriate. Oh, yeah. Which I love. I love him so much. I mean, how much do you want the two of them to make out? Seriously. Oh, God. Why? That's the thing. If you're going to, like, tease us with this interview and then nothing happens, I mean, I guess it's fine. But, like, Timothy Chalamet, in his very, like, um, you know, pure angel baby way, is trying to make points where he's, like, you know, <laughs> forget I'm paraphrasing, but at one point he's literally, like, you know, I feel like I get to that artistic truth when that, like, that bone tingles, you know? <laughs> and, of course, Harry Styles is, like, which bone? Uh, Harry! I feel like every chunk of dialogue should end with Timothy Chalamet going, Harry! And the next question. Yeah. Uh, also, Harry Styles went as Elton John for Oh, Halloween. he went as turbo gay Elliot like <sighs> Dodgers. Wait, Elton. who? No, he went as the Elton John in the glittery oh, Dodgers yes, yes, outfit. Yes, so it's like if you're looking for like there that are very Elton John. there are a million different incarnations of Elton John, but yeah, he picked the gayest. God bless him. Oh, I know. I mean, this is really just what we need in the world. I want everyone. I want all of the boys in glitter. Just yeah, I everywhere. feel like. Uh, I have been like depressed since 2016. Mm -hmm. I feel and I feel like the world has been as well. Not that like bad shit started in 2016. It just it took it up a notch, yeah. you know. Uh, and we need Harry Styles and glitter right now. Mm -hmm. Every time he shows up in glitter, I'm like, you are doing a service to the world right now. Oh yeah, if I don't get at least once a week, uh, sort of quick dose of Harry Styles in some sort of lavender mm -hmm. suit or like glittery hot pants or sure. something, it's just not. Yeah, yeah. I and I feel it. like Timothy Chalamet is a subset of the Harry Styles school of joy, which yeah. is like, look, making beautiful fashion choices, generally not hurting anyone, just living in his own little sort of like bubble. And I'm like, oh, look at you. Just a beautiful, beautiful young man. Yeah. And I mean, it's also funny because Harry Styles was not so long ago, the adorable, beautiful little baby. And now... Timothy Chalamet, younger than him by quite a bit. I'm like, oh sure. my goodness, you're such a tiny baby. Sure, yeah. And he's sort of taken him under his wing. Yeah. Uh, my sister told me something extremely disturbing today. Great, tell me. Uh, Joey McIntyre of the New Kids on the Block is younger than Chris Kirkpatrick of NSYNC. Nope, I reject this. This but, is weird. Yeah. That is that true? She did the math. She did the fucking math. She crunched the numbers. Well, she crunched the numbers on the ages of all the members of NSYNC. And Chris Kirkpatrick is 47 I have a question. Is your yeah. sister okay? Uh, she was on her lunch break. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> I personally, if I'm on my lunch break, I'm not crunching the numbers of the ages of members of boy bands, but mm. I appreciate that someone is out there doing the hard work. We did a BuzzFeed quiz that told us which, like, based on some sort of 90s stuff, like which member of NSYNC we would be. And she got Joey and I got Chris. And it really caused us some serious so there existential was familial searching. drama going on. Yeah, okay. we were both very disturbed. And then she started thinking about it. And we were talking about how Justin Timberlake is total trash. Oh, the worst. Um, But then that led to thinking about how I feel like Harry Styles is the anti-Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is what happens when you're allowed to... Um, abandon toxic masculinity in exactly. your boy banding and they talk about that in the, the interview truly i do think there are important moments of the interview i hate this trend of celebrities interviewing celebrities oh i know yeah because it's pure clickbait and it totally worked on me i was like who's interviewing who click uh so i get it it works as a strategy but i do truly believe there are insightful moments of the interview harry styles talks about that where he's like yeah. i've always felt more in touch with my feminine side than my masculine side timothy chalamet was like that's so beautiful i think that's really important and i was like look at these two little angel babies talking about the anti-toxic masculinity and embracing it and i think that's really good and important yes absolutely and the more that the youngins are willing to talk about this stuff and show that there are you know there are ways it's right, like very, exactly very positive guys toxic masculinity sucks yeah and we should kill it yeah and trust me i was in boston this past week and oh i had God, to sit are next you okay to, i i i heard a table of bros when we were at uh we were at a restaurant on friday night and i'm out with my boyfriend and his friends and they're two adorable children including their very sweet very awkward 12 year old daughter um <laughs> And she's the one sitting across from okay. me, nearest to the bros. And these bros are just chatting along about like which neighborhoods are best if you're going to try and pick up uh, eights and nines. Gentlemen, gentlemen, uh, you were in like, public. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah, man. Like he's like, yeah, she's like, there's just eights and nines everywhere there. He's like, but you know, he's like, that was what really sucked about this last chick I was banging. You know, she was a seven and she really thought oh, no. she was Is better. Okay? She was a seven. Yeah, it, it sounded really tough for them. Did his dick fall off? If you <laughs> fuck a seven or lower, your dick falls off. Ooh, yeah, I know. It was like, he definitely seemed like he was dealing with a lot of dick pain. Sure. Um, I didn't mean to laugh when you called the 12-year-old awkward. I just laughed at, like out of reflex because that was me. I think oh, everyone yeah. probably described me as that awkward 12-year-old. Oh, no. I mean, like genuinely the sweetest, sweetest, sweetest girl but like you just see she's she's like all eyes and limbs <laughs> yes <laughs> and and just like it's just <laughs> eyes and limbs and sadness and she doesn't know how to control the limbs yet oh yeah no she uh, was it was like it's a nightmare i felt like i felt like a badger that was trying to protect a baby deer sure. from like yeah wolves yeah <laughs> Because I, I just wanted, like, I, I I was all I could do to not, like, ruin the dinner by and embarrassing this child by, like, going over and saying, like, guys, you're in public and there are children here. Right. Can you please restrain yourselves also, until you're... Also, can you not teach like, this child that you rate women by numbers? Yeah. That's this a little... Is, she's 12. She should not be learning that now. No. You really need to, it's like, can you please stop? Um, All right. Well, yeah. on the news of Boston, this is also a good everyone wears fucking sweatpants in that city. What is wrong with people? When I was first on the scene again as a single lady, I wrote Meredith, and I was like, <laughs> "Okay, here's truly my what were my qualifications? I think I said no basketball shorts and no sweatpants. Yeah, yeah. That like is it that hard? No, to dress. No, I'm in sweatpants right now, but I'm not going in public. No, I mean we're in your home studio. Yes. Guys, on the note of Boston, here's your bad news. Sorry, Boston. All right, so we got to talk about this Mueller stuff, which I truly like wrestled with a lot I didn't know where to put it because I was like it's so funny I kind of want to put it in the the good news section because it's so fucking ridiculous but I do think it needs to go in the bad news section <clears throat> because it's a bunch of d-bags trying to take down the Mueller investigation in like the creepiest most disgusting way possible well and it's a it's just such a crass and cynical weaponization of genuine trauma exactly and it's like they're they're doing the exact thing they accuse the democrats of doing 
Right. In the Kavanaugh situation, <clears throat> which is somehow only going to reinforce that women lie about this stuff for money. Right. Like, but for the Democrats, like right. the fact that somebody did, like, the people they are on their side are just as bad as you could possibly imagine. Like, yeah, it's somehow mm -hmm. just going to mean that nobody cares. Right. So, of course, <clears throat> this involves a disgraced hedge fund manager. You know it would. You mm -hmm. knew it would because it involves Trump. And, like, he surrounds himself with the scummiest, skeeziest business people oh, in just, the world. Like, business people makes it sound like they're not basically <laughs> selling, like, um, burned CDs out of right. the back of a van. <laughs> well, I said, like... Truly, can we stop comparing these idiots to the mob? Because it's dis disrespectful to the mob. Yeah. Like, the mob was way more organized and smart about the shit they were doing than these fucking idiots. Mm -hmm. So you probably saw the name Jacob Wall uh, trending on Twitter the other day because he is the disgraced hedge fund manager turned pro-Trump conspiracy theorist. And Surefire Intelligence um, founder, I guess which is a company that's connected to him. Uh, so it was revealed that he was the guy behind the whole scheme to try to bribe women, mm -hmm. pay women to lie that Robert Mueller had sexually assaulted them. Yeah. Which is a very terrible, serious thing to do. So I don't want to make light of that. What I'm laughing about is how fucking inept Jacob Wallet was at it because they like they quickly found out that this company Surefire Intelligence was connected to the whole yep. plot. Well, and the people that he was trying to um that he was trying to convince to lie were the ones that gave him up. I mean, right. they were right. <laughs> the women he was trying to get to lie <laughs> went to the press to They're say, like, Hey, somebody's up. trying to like convince me to lie about this, <laughs> which is extra funny to me because I have to believe there are, you know, it, times are tough right now. There are tons of desperate people out there. How did you fuck up bribing people? Well, he probably bounced the check. Oh, sure. Sure. Cause I'm like, I have to believe there are, you know, there are enough scummy people of of all genders out there who you could find who would be willing to do something like this for enough money. Yeah, chances are you, he just didn't pay. Yeah, how did you fuck it up, Jacob? So uh, very quickly, you know, journalists uh, discovered Surefire Intelligence, and then Jacob Wall denied that he had anything to do with Surefire Intelligence, but he was like on the website. Yeah. Also, I think that in at least one case, there was uh, his mom's phone number was registered uh, <laughs> it's extra as the contact. Sad. So it's extra sad. Yeah, no, it's literally his mom. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is so pathetic, but also just shows the lengths that these assholes are willing to go to discredit yeah. Mueller because they're that freaked out. Mm -hmm. Also, if you're going to come for someone like Robert Mueller, come correct. You know, like, make sure you take more than 30 minutes to develop your scheme. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing that sucks and the thing that also kind of makes it bad news is that the Miller investigation isn't going to end up having any real and substantive right. effect on ending the Trump presidency or putting mm -hmm. people who are really guilty of misconduct behind bars. But the, the fact that his presence just slowly and right. methodically digging makes them so crazy does, like, at the very least it's good to see them kind of going a nut. Yeah, imagine what they nutty. would be doing if there was any risk that any of them would go to prison. Mm. Like, cars would be blowing up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, things would be really bad. Yeah. So, did you have anything else you wanted to say about Jacob Wall? Okay, yeah. I, I didn't really have anything beyond that. So, uh, yeah, I think, I can't remember if I talked about this on the show or if it was just something I tweeted but I wanted to talk about Trump announcing that he's planning to send 10,000 to 15,000 troops to the border in response to this very dangerous, very scary caravan mm -hmm. approaching the border, which Meredith and I it's have a, talked about on the yeah. show how it which is. Which is a month away it's from reaching <laughs> the southern border of the United States. But just in time for midterms. Ooh, yep. So we talked previously on the show about how, you know, the Trump administration uh, and its allies have completely blown the caravan out of proportion and really are engaging in fear-mongering and xenophobia mm -hmm. and racism, all their classic hits. Yeah, well, and also, 
just quick aside, I know that there was a piece recently, or I think maybe yesterday, that um, Homeland Security is absolutely and completely ignoring. Uh, they're only talking about the migrant caravan right. and not talking about the white supremacist terrorism that's a threat. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, they're singularly focused on stopping somewhat like what will eventually be fewer than 3,000 truly desperate, starving, terrified people. Unconcerned about the uh, multitude of bombs being mailed Uh, out. And one could imagine the the white supremacist uh, militias that will also deputize themselves to go kill people when they're trying to come to a point of entry and claim asylum. Well, that's the thing. Like a lot of people have said that Anytime Trump does something, there's a, a large group of people who are like, this is a distraction yeah. and we should get back to the real issues. This might be a, a strategy for the midterms mm-hmm. where Trump is, you know, Trump's taken some hits because yeah. his fans are mailing out bombs and shooting up synagogues and shooting black people. You know, that does not look great for the Trump administration. No. So this could very well be a quote-unquote distraction. But here's the thing about Trump's quote-unquote distractions. They ultimately have real-life consequences, mm-hmm. whether it inspires other right-wing extremists, like you're talking about, like militia idiots being like, we got to get down to the border and shoot anybody who's brown, or actual legislation. Right. Well, and and to say that you're going to send ten to 15,000 troops to the southern U.S. border, that is an insane number of people to, to like, quote-unquote, guard us. Right. And would end up having, would, would terrorize people far beyond the ones that they're trying to supposedly keep oh, out. Can you imagine living in these border communities? Well, the, I mean, most of the people in the border communities on the U.S.-Mexico border are already living terrorized because there are fucking ID checkpoints. Right. So if you're undocumented, you literally can't even leave town because they look for you. Like, they make you show your papers. Right. I mean, that's like, they do that within the, I forget what the um, what the distance is, but that's like when you're in within a certain distance from the border it, they can they're illegally allowed to do these checkpoints right. and so imagining that you'd then have soldiers with power over individuals who are already living in fear because right. they're just like trapped like to it's me this is awful. one step under declaring war mm-hmm. when you're trying to get your poll numbers up yeah he's trying to create the impression that we're being invaded yep when you say I'm sending 15,000 troops to the border, it sounds like an army is about to invade and yeah. not a small group of like desperate, starving refugees. Mm-hmm. So I, it's obviously an effort to drum up fear, drum up the poll numbers. But guess what? This is going to create hysteria. Like people are actually going to get hurt because yes, of this. Yes, absolutely. It's, there's, As always happens when Trump is an idiot. I know. There's just, there's no way that this doesn't go really badly and I think that it's really it's completely reasonable to have like a worst case scenario in your head that and like think it's I think they're all realistic I also think if it hadn't been guaranteed to create like global calamity he absolutely would have started a war with North Korea (laughs) oh yeah absolutely (laughs) second I just think there were enough people in the room to be like no really you cannot do that like it will we'll actually all die and Mm -hmm. then there won't be an election to win um, but had he had the opportunity, but he didn't. So he's falling back on, you know, the, the mm-hmm. classic hits like, Oh, remember when I called Mexicans rapists and everybody loved me? Yeah. Let's go back to that. Yeah. It's been less than a week than the worst, uh, since the worst instance of anti-Semitic violence in the country. Mm-hmm. And he's just back on his bullshit after no time at all. Right. Um, so why did I want to talk about this? Oh, right. Okay. Oh, racism? Cool. Yeah, like, let's a smooth segue from Trump and racism into more Trump and racism. So Trump, um, leading up to the midterms, has like a shocking new racist ad. Um, and again, just playing the greatest hits. Um, so they're accusing the Democrats of plotting to help people they depict as Central American invaders overrun the nation with cop killers. So the new web video, which was tweeted by Trump five days uh, before the midterm elections, is the most extreme step yet and the most inflammatory closing argument of any campaign in recent memory, according to CNN. The Trump campaign ad is the latest example of Trump's willingness to lie and fearmonger in order to tear at racial and societal divides, to embrace demagoguery, to bolster his own political power and the cause of the Republican midterm campaign. Mm, lovely. So 
the video produced by the Trump campaign features uh, Luis Brasamontes, a Mexican man who had previously been deported but returned to the United States and was convicted in February in the slaying of two California deputies. Uh, quote, I'm going to kill more cops soon, a grinning uh, Bracamontes is shown saying in court as captions flash across the screen reading, Democrats let him into our country. Democrats let him stay. Which again is like... That is straight up Willie Horton shit. Yeah, it's Willie Horton shit. It's also... If you tell someone that this group of people is allowing murderers into our country and these murderers mm-hmm. are going to kill cops... It's basically declaring open season on the Democrats as well. Oh, absolutely. And you know you know who shot four cops a few days ago? The dude in P- Pittsburgh? Yeah. And then Trump very stupidly was like, if they had only had an armed guard. It was like there were four armed police officers who were shot by this asshole. Yeah, like it... it and then they turn around and they feign surprise when one of their lunatic followers shoots up a synagogue or mails out pipe bombs. Mm. They're like, my God, where is the hate coming from? And it's like, well, because you're saying that Democrats are allowing murderers into the country, yeah. which is a lie. Um, that's where it comes from. And I get the I get the calculation on their part, like why they feign the surprise. Sure. But don't allow them to get away with that. Media. Well, <laughs> I know. Well, and it's like the um, the mailer in Connecticut that, you know, p- has a picture of a Jewish candidate grinning over oh, a pile of fucking that. money. I like, know. You just you can't do things like that. And then as a campaign strategy and not expect it to bleed over into reality and actual right. violence. Right. Um. So I don't know if this next one is bad news. It's just Twitter being fucking Twitter as usual. Oh, yeah. So. God, Jack Dorsey's face is stupid. You just want to punch him. I mean, he looks like somebody like that. He looks like a character John Mulaney would play in an (laughs) SNL sketch. (laughs) How has Mulaney not played Jack Dorsey? I don't know, but I really need that to happen. Oh, my God. That would be so great. So or Mikey Day. Mikey Day could. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. So. Twitter announced that they are likely going to remove the like tool in a bid to improve the quality of debate on Twitter. Wait, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm unclear here. Maybe it's because yeah. I'm too stupid because I'm not a tech sure. bro. Sure. Um, I don't have a penis and I don't know how to code. Um, yeah. But I'm sorry, by the way. Wouldn't, wouldn't improving the quality of debate involve like dealing with the way people respond to mm. things like the words they might use okay, rather than like indicating that they okay. like yes something? and just piggybacking off of that idea wouldn't it entail getting rid of like um i don't know the nazis on twitter yeah i mean you know i think that making the improving the quality of debate would definitely be how like you could do that if people might be uh like able to have a discussion without someone popping in and being like shut up jew sure yeah yeah that's always um a guaranteed way to lower the quality of debate also isn't the like tool the one sort of civil thing we have yeah on? i don't know like i i know there's trolling likes and stuff like that there's also you know the ratio and and whatnot but i don't know like i would rather someone uh, i would rather ironically someone ironically like yeah. my tweet than hop into the old dms and start calling me the c word i mean everyone knows that twitter was ruined when they introduced the automatic retweet like right when you had to actually put the like the extra step did a surprising amount to to cut down on bullshit. That is true. That is true. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like Jack and the other tech bros don't actually listen to the people who use Twitter or use Twitter themselves. Yeah. It's almost like they aren't interested in their users experience as much mm. as they are as their advertisers. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So you're saying they just want to make money and they don't care that white supremacists are terrorizing people mm-hmm. on their platform. I see. Yeah, yeah. I, see. I think that's I think that is mm-hmm. what's going on. Interesting. Okay. And that maybe um some of them are actually sympathetic to what oh, yeah. white supremacists are well, doing. I mean, you read enough uh read enough Ayn Rand, you're going to start getting very worried about um, sure. you know, whether the women are coming I believe for you. you have to read Ayn Rand to work at Twitter. You are you are uh, required to <laughs> It's in the gift basket they give I was you. to say, yeah, welcome welcome to to Twitter. Here's your little blue, you know, here's your blue check mark. Here's your it's copy an, of the Fountainhead. It's an edible arrangements basket and someone has just angrily shoved Ayn Rand books in <laughs> to the fruit 
And that's what they give you <laughs> on your first day. Yeah. At Twitter. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's better than uh, some of the other platforms where they uh, where it's a Jordan Peterson book. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Did you see this should not be in the bad news section, but just humor me for a second. Did you see that white supremacists are now coming after Jordan Peterson because he's not extreme enough? I did not see that, but okay. it's amazing. Yeah, because he he I think pretty aggressively denounced the violence that happened in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, the slowest clap in the world for J- Jordan Peterson, but his followers were like, this guy has gone off the rails, blah, blah, blah. And watching Jordan Peterson try to deal with the monsters that he has created, I was like, Jordan, maybe you should tell them to go make their beds. Yeah. That, I mean, that seems I, to work. I feel a little bit bad for the man. He's on an all meat diet. <laughs> He every artery is just clogged. Yeah, almost a hundred percent. He's on an all meat diet and he's off his medication. Uh, I saw that literally in an interview clip. So I just you know that itself is, is bad news. Is he truly off his medication? Yeah, he says he's not. Yeah, uh, Jordan, no, no, you're on those pills for a reason. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, buddy. Yeah, so he's not as emotionally regulated, but oh. apparently, and apparently, probably not his colon isn't terribly regulated either. Oh, no. It's got to be Jordan. Up. Oh god. Anyway, sorry to bring Jordan Peterson into it. Although no, I suppose I, that's always bad news. I a thousand percent am the one who brought him into it and I regret <laughs> nothing. Also, here's your good news. All right. Before I had even started to press the record button meredith was like can i read a quote in the good news section yeah and i said yes what's your quote uh okay so um this is from a piece uh that pitchfork published uh thursday it's a interviews with 12 musicians and activists on why they're voting on tuesday hi this is allison sorry to interrupt meredith speaking very quickly but i realized we had some sound issues and i had meredith repeat this quote literally 20 times and i think she forgot to mention in this incarnation that this is a quote from kathleen Hanna. so please enjoy this quote from kathleen Hanna. also how are you you look great uh watching the cabin i'm voting because watching the kavanaugh hearings was like having fred durst sing nookie into my face for 12 fucking hours (laughs) i love i love i love i love has Kathleen Hanna gotten better on, I know people were mad at her about, I think, transgender issues. Um, she seems to have gotten better. She definitely mentions in this piece that um, protecting um, queer people and non-binary people and trans people is one of the reasons why you have to vote because good that. So whether she's fully better or if she's just realized that that's still important, yeah, then there were she seems to be doing a okay. bunch of like early 90s women rockers who I loved who were not great on trans issues in the early days, possibly because they were ignorant, mm-hmm. but uh, good. I, anybody who has since uh, reformed themselves, I'm like, good. Good yeah, she seems to be doing well. And so. also just a great, uh, um, just a, yeah, it's sure. a great piece to read. There's some some great interviews. The first one's with Meek Mill talking about how uh, the election day is actually the anniversary of him being sentenced to prison unjustly. Oh, wow. So he, it's just kind of cool because obviously, cool. yeah. Yeah. Not cool that he was sentenced to prison unjustly, uh, to be clear. So I wanted to talk about, since we've talked so much about the midterms, are you all going to vote? Do you have your voting plans ready? Uh, and if you want to talk about it or you need uh, encouragement or advice, you can definitely reach out. I bet there's somebody that will be able to help you. Yeah, 100%. I um, I now have a tradition where I go and I vote with Charles, my roommate slash frequent co-host here on Light Trees and News. We go together to motivate each other. But yeah, do you have like a plan for the day of? Are you driving anyone to go to vote? Hashtag light trees and pod. Tell me about your election stories. Mm-hmm. Also, day of election, feel free to tweet us if you have trouble voting and we will retweet that for you. Yes, absolutely. So I wanted to talk about one of the most exciting races that the country is watching right now, which is the Georgia GOP gubernatorial race. 
between uh, Stacey Abrams. Abrams. Oh, she's such a badass. And little wiener Brian Kemp. Look at him. What a little wiener. So, shocker, he ditched their final debate at the last minute. And then tried to blame it on her. Oh, classic Brian Kemp. So, I did not know that he tried to blame it on her. Mm -hmm. Uh, Great. So... If you live in Georgia and you're you hear the sound of my voice, you have to vote. There is a one point separation between yep. them right now. It is as close as it can be. Yeah. Although to be fair, it's a one point lead that she has. Yes. So mm-hmm. we've already moved into an area of of existence that seems like it should be impossible. A right. Democrat is in the lead in the governor's election in Georgia. It is unbelievable. It's truly a credit to her and her team. She's an extra- extraordinary candidate and they're running an extraordinary race yeah. in Georgia. Yeah. But but yes, if you're in Georgia, also maybe check out, like check now yeah. to see, to make sure that you're registered because yeah. there has been any amount of fuckery. Ugh, so much fuckery. Yeah, and truly, this is one of those races where you can't say, like, my vote won't even matter. It's like, no, no, this is going to come down mm-hmm. to, like, a handful of votes. Your vote absolutely matters. Yeah, this is matters, like but the yeah. provisional ballots could well make the difference kind of close yes, race. A hundred percent. But, yeah, I, I just put this in the good news section because the race is so tight, because she is she does have the one-point lead in a, a city or a state where she should not have a one-point lead, and that he is running scared. Yeah. He's so clearly scared of her. We talked about previously on the show how he was talking to his constituents and actually said, I'm afraid that Stacey Abrams supporters will exercise their right to vote. That is what that man said. He's afraid black people will vote. Yeah. Yeah. He's he is absolutely terrified of the power of the black vote. Yeah. So also I've had this up in my browser for a while and I just think it's so badass. But have you heard about uh kelsey uh juliana who uh, she's a young woman she's 22 years old she's suing the united states government for causing and accelerating the climate change crisis Mm, i'm actually not familiar with it yeah it's an interesting uh legal strategy so she wrote an op-ed in which she says the constitution guarantees all americans the right to life liberty and property but how is anyone supposed to live a life of freedom and a amid a climate change crisis Uh, my own government is violating my constitutional rights by its ongoing and deliberate actions that cause climate change and it's not right i along with 20 other young people from around the country filed a lawsuit against the federal government in 2015 called juliana v united states so she's basically arguing that not doing anything on climate change violates their 14th amendment rights yeah (laughs) i'll take it yeah she says we're not asking for money (laughs) Instead, we're asking the court to order the government to develop and implement a national climate recovery plan based on the best available science. This plan should end the reign of fossil fuels and quickly decarbonize our atmosphere so that we can stabilize our climate system before it's too late. The longer we go without climate recovery, the more we risk allowing our climate to spiral completely out of control. Listen, unorthodox, I like it. (laughs) I, I feel like... It's going to be to have to be a, a multi-faceted response to capitalism's reign of destruction. And listen, if you want to time up in legal, uh, I mean, in lawsuits, just, I'm for it. I mean, you might as well like try everything else. Yeah, I seem to be trying everything else. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah. Speaking of columns, I wanted to shout out. Sully! Woo! Do we all remember Sully? He was the guy who landed the airplane when geese flew into his engines. That was terrifying. Super scary uh, to have a full engine failure when you've just taken off and he safely landed his airplane in the Hudson. He was a, a huge, it was called the Miracle on the Hudson. He was a huge celebrity. He's still a huge celebrity. So he used his celebrity status today, yesterday for you guys, to publish an op-ed in the Washington Post in which basically he's like, hey, um, the only reason I'm a hero, quote unquote, is because, um, so he writes, some call it the miracle on the Hudson, but it was not a miracle. It was in microcosm an example of what is needed in emergencies, including the current national crisis, and what is possible when we serve a cause greater than ourselves. So 
basically he's like, hey, we need the country to work for all of us. Um, and so he says, today, tragically, too many people in power are projecting the worst. Many are cowardly, complicit enablers acting against the interests of the United States, our allies, and democracy, encouraging extremists at home and emboldening our advers adversaries abroad and threatening the livability of our planet. Many do not respect the offices they hold. They lack or disregard a basic knowledge of history, science, and leadership, and they act impulsively, worsening a toxic political environment. As a result, we are in a struggle for who and what we are as a people. We have lost what in the military we call unit cohesion. The fabric of our nation is under attack while shame, a timeless beacon of right and wrong, seems dead. Uh, so it gets a little bit into this is not the America I know and love. I take a little bit of issue with that. Mm -hmm. uh, where whenever anybody's like, you know, what happened to us? How did we lose our way? And I'm like, were we ever great? Yeah, no, I think that, uh, yeah, the, that's, that's where I would disagree. But yeah. you know what? But what I like about this is, and what I've always liked about Sully is that he uh, was always very careful not to take full credit for what mm -hmm. happened, where he was like, in an emergency response, there's a team response. The team is the reason that we were okay when that happened. Um, but, and that he also uses his status to be like, hey, you're the reason the Trump administration, we have these right-wing extremists mm -hmm. attacking the country right now and we're a joke abroad. Yeah. So well, maybe go yeah. vote. Sully's telling you to vote. <laughs> He's a walking metaphor for the benefits of competence yes. and level-headedness. Mm -hmm. So it's awfully nice to, like, I literally just bring me more competent people talking about why yeah. we need that. I remember after the miracle on the Hudson, quote-unquote, um, Rachel Maddow did this really great segment where basically she was like, how did we create a Sully Sullenberg? Mm -hmm. And she goes through like, basically he just had really good training. Mm -hmm. uh, there were regulations in place that made it a legal requirement that he take those, you know, yep. uh, those courses and, and those precautions. Like he had to have done certain things. He was very well trained. Yeah. And so when it happened and then also the emergency response mm -hmm. and like, she basically broke down how it was like, if you properly fund things and regulate them, miracles can happen <laughs> quote unquote and i was like oh this is such a smart segment also to sully's credit i remember immediately in the aftermath of the quote unquote miracle on hudson reporters were desperately trying to get him to say like did you pray mm -hmm. do you think do you believe in god because this happened and he's clearly an atheist and it's just like well i just like to say um my team is great <laughs> <laughs> in a very measured way was basically like fuck off i'm not gonna say i was praying when i was busy just like remembering how to land a plane He's like i'm sorry i was a little too busy making sure we didn't crash into <laughs> the river not giving it up to the jc you know yeah uh, but it was so great to see someone like that be like no thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh so do i have time for this oh yeah should we talk about the google walkout oh yeah absolutely because it's happening right now yeah. and it's really fucking fantastic it's very cool so Last week, the New York Times published an article about Google's long documented history of harassment, discrimination, support for abusers, and the people whose lives and careers become collateral, collateral damage in the process. So over at thecut.com, uh, there is a column written by the organizers of the Google Walkout, and they list their demands. Um, so, and it obviously it's it's a narrow scope of what their demands are. Um, but as Meredith said, they've been walking out sporadically for a while. Yeah. Um, so this is what they write. All employees and contract workers across the company deserve to be safe. Sadly, the executive team has demonstrated through their lack of meaningful action that our safety is not a priority. We've waited for leadership to fix these problems, but have come to this conclusion. No one is going to do it for us. I think that's just a good lesson for everyone, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like when it comes to the government and the midterm elections, like mm -hmm. they're not going to fix it for us. Yeah. You know what that also sounds like? 
the organizing principle behind unionization? Yeah, in general, yes. <laughs> so we are but here. But don't call it a strike. Call it a walkout. It has right. to be a walkout because they work for Google. So we are here standing together, protecting and supporting each other. We demand an end to the sexual harassment, discrimination, and the systemic racism that fuel this destructive culture. We are building on the work of others. Many at Google have been advocating for structural change for years. It's their legacy and leadership that made this moment possible. We are a small part of a massive movement that has been growing for a long time. We are inspired by everyone from the women in fast food who led an action against sexual harassment to the thousands of women in the hashtag MeToo movement who have been the be been the beginning of the end of for this type of abuse. So today, over 60% of all Google offices and thousands of Google employees will walk out around the world. 60%. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. That's a good percentage, Google. Yeah. Get yeah. it. Get it going. And Keep it up. And uh, you're a union. <laughs> why don't you Why don't you uh, unionize and tell unionize. tell Paige and Brenda fuck right off? Uh, unionize and scare the shit out of everyone. Oh my god! If Google employees unionized <sighs> and had a strong union, every corporation in the world would simultaneously shit themselves. God, that would be so beautiful. It would be beautiful, and I mean, we're approaching that. Yeah, I mean, is it weird that instead of like. Like I suppose it's not instead of, but in yeah. addition to regular sex dreams, I sometimes have dreams about unionizing things, and it's basically as satisfying. Meredith, if you can go buy those two things, I will shake your hand. If you can have a sexy unionizing dream. Ooh, I bet I can. What you got to do, here's what you got to do. You got to take the figure, whoever it might be, who you normally, you know, uh, have a happy time <laughs> happy time dream with, with for because of, and just like, insert them into a union unionization mm -hmm. dream like um so like like chris a norma ray moment marching in solidarity with on a picket line say again i said like chris evans marching a picket line with me go. how hot is that he would mm. fucking do it too oh, yeah. absolutely if he like has a free day from is he still on broadway no that's over now. no um whatever he's doing right now crying because he's not captain america anymore <laughs> me too chris me mm -hmm. too uh then he can get his unionization sign and then mm -hmm. He can have his Norma Ray moment in your dream. And, and then rest, we make out. And then you make out. There you go. There's a unionizing sex dream for you. Woohoo. What's your unionizing sex dream? Just kidding. I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, oh, Sorry, guys, for that horrifying peek into my, my psyche. No, it's fine. And I'm sure there are a lot of people freaking out because they have the same sex dreams. <laughs> Again, I don't want to know your sex dreams. Don't send them to me. But... Meredith, since I refused to let go of Halloween and I asked Chris and Charles this question yesterday, mm -hmm. you know how I've been asking people for hot takes? Yep. For Halloween, I was asking people their hot candy takes. Hot candy takes. Okay. So, I mean, truly, just like, what's your favorite? What don't you like? Um, I love, oh, I love sweet tarts. 100%. Ooh, okay. I think they're my favorite. They also give me a wicked sugar high. So sometimes if I used to eat too many of them, I would get like completely insane. And that still happens to me as an adult. Well, it is like a hit of sugar. Yeah. So like pixie sticks and sweet tarts are like my jam. Okay. Um, and my least favorite is... Hmm. Like when you were a kid and somebody dropped it into your little pumpkin bucket, you were I like, know. go fuck yourself. Oh, God. I mean... um. Paydays, the ones with like nougat on the inside oh, and like the okay. peanuts on top of the chocolate. Okay. Was, like, I super, feel like this like, is going to be controversial. It was sort of the opposite for me where anytime I got chocolate, I was like, you, you good, you good. And anytime someone dropped like, yeah, like just pure, like pixie sticks or mm -hmm. like pure sugar in, I was like, thanks. No. I was never much. I mean, like I, I liked the chocolate I did, but I have such a weird thing against peanuts, like specifically. Peanuts. And I, and I, I like peanut butter and I like peanut sauces, but I hate the nut. You and I would have been great trick-or-treating partners because we could have just swapped. Oh, God. And I would have been so insane for like oh a week. Oh, my God. You'd be dead. You wouldn't have lived to adulthood. No, I definitely would have been Oh, but I just load. have to shout out people. This is so cute. I love seeing my very cool friends who now live in neighborhoods mm -hmm. where they get trick-or-treaters fulfilling their like childhood fantasies of what they would have wanted and they're buying the king size candy bars and stuff. Oh, I know. Watching adults just straight up go like go ham on buying the giant candy bars is like really lovely. It's so nice and I feel like when we were kids there were like one or two houses doing that and now these little 
privileged fucks got like a 20% of the neighborhood buying king size candy bars. And I'm like, you don't know a struggle we went through. Yeah. There was like one cool house in the rich neighborhood that was given out. <laughs> we used to do that in Illinois. We would go to the very wealthy neighborhoods because mm-hmm. they gave out king size candy bars. Yeah. That was not something I'm just trying to think. Yeah, we lived kitty corner from a house that was definitely the kind of place that gave you raisins and a Bible verse. Oh, fuck off. Fuck Um, off. And what's weird is that those people moved out and then they were replaced by another super religious Trump supporting family. So like somehow that house is actually cursed. Or that was their like prerequisite for selling their house. Well, I'm sure it was, but I still like to think that this is that's why I think the house is cursed. They have like a haunted mirror Mm -hmm. and that's the inspiration for oculus yeah (laughs) great so we all learned something today please follow meredith on twitter at meredith l clark can people still vote for rosie is rosie uh yeah i think it's through november please go vote for rosie as the cutest animal in is it in new york city yeah cutest pet in new york city um meredith probably has the link up at her twitter page yes i do go click that vote for rosie she smash that vote truly adorable yep uh and also speaking of voting Go vote in the fucking midterms, will ya? Hashtag light trees and pod. Let us know how it's going. Thanks for listening, guys. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs> <laughs>